Thank you for tuning into Sochcast. We hope you enjoy this uninterrupted listening experience. But before that, please do listen to these messages that come from those that support your favorite show. Raj Naik's talk show Fridays Live features high-profile guests from various walks of life who engage in a free-flowing and inspiring chat with him. Welcome to Fridays Live with me, Raj Naik. My guest this evening is an old colleague and a dear friend. His career has spanned over three decades. A successful media executive, now a creative entrepreneur, and also a part-time farmer. He needs no introduction. He's been at the forefront of the television revolution in this country. And way back in 2000, he gave us shows uh, like Kon Banega Karutpati. He's the man behind it. And recently, uh, you watch Scam on Sony Live. So he needs no introduction. The chief executive of uh, Applause Entertainment, Samir Nair. Welcome, Samir. Hello, Raj. How are you? Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be on Friday's Live. That's nice. I mean, you know, uh, would you have imagined that uh, 20 years down the line, you would be sitting and answering questions on a Friday? <laughs> and answering questions to you and i can see that in the last year you've become an a uh, wonderful talk show host and you've been you no know, hosting this show and it's been going really well i was waiting to get my invite so i am really glad to have got it now yeah thanks samir thanks for doing this uh, you know the show is like i i mentioned to you earlier also this show is all about getting to know you and a lot of people know you they know about you or they've read about you but they really really don't know you and through this show uh, we are just trying to get to know you better and uh, i'm going to start and that's what i do with everybody i start right from the beginning but before i do that i want to ask you part time farmer where did this come from well actually you the one who helped me coin it but um, honestly i have a small uh, piece of farmland in karjat and uh, actually i am not the farmer really my sister is she is a genuine green thumb in our family and uh, but we do spend a lot of time there and i genuinely enjoy the process of farming and you know animals and growing stuff and all the time and effort it takes to do so it's like a really sort of um, it's a very calming experience it's a experience that teaches you a lot of patience you know things take time to grow um when you plant a seed and then it you know sort of takes its own time and things go wrong um and it's it's wonderful i i quite enjoy nature I enjoy being with nature So yeah it's just thing i mean i'm not a farmer farmer in that sense but i do enjoy um poking my you know spending my time doing stuff like that now that's nice i mean but uh, in your family i mean did you do farming i mean your parents or anybody was it in the family somewhere i'm sure and as forefathers go that must have been but i think in more recent generations probably not um, but we always gone back to you know when you go back to you know your hometown and uh, you meet relatives and other people in the family who are still doing that you do come in contact with that but no honestly i am a city bred uh, boy i've always grown grown up in bombay lived in bombay so this is the first time for me to be you know so closely in touch with farming per se farming and cows and goats and chickens and stuff <laughs> like that you mentioned your hometown where are you from sabir uh, i am well i am from bombay but my father was from kerala and my mother is from andhra originally but born and brought up in uh, ajmer in rajasthan and they met in bombay so i am for all practical purposes from bombay so you were born in bombay yeah and uh, how many what, what what was your dad doing my dad used to work in films division um so he was you know the general manager of administration at film division uh, my mother is a teacher she used to teach in a school called kj khilani high school Uh, we grew up in bandra i mean i spent most of my childhood in bandra um so i grew up there convent educated went to saint teresa's high school um my sister went to the sister school derelo convent uh, grew up went to wilson then to xavier's you know like pretty much bandra boy lived around the meda park and um, you know did all the things played hockey played cricket you know played kho kho i mean everything <laughs> Yeah, I can I can visualize the Bandra boy. And uh, how many siblings are you? You and your sister? Me and my sister. Yes, just the two of us. Just the two of us. 
and uh, you mentioned your father was in the films division so somewhere i can see the connect coming in you and your mother was a teacher and that's probably where your all your reading habits come from i mean uh, just quickly what's what's the influence your parents had on you well i guess a lot because you know i mean we were always a very close knit family and you know like sort of just the four of us lots of relatives coming in and out but primarily as a family unit we were just the four of us um while my father was the one who you know worked in film division he was also you know a very active theater person and has acted in a number of malayalam films and series and stuff like that but so that was just something that was going on it was not something that genuinely sort of you know had an influence on me um my mother while being the academic uh, was not really the big reader that was my father he used to one he's the one who used to read all the books i got that habit from there uh what my mother and me did of course was that apart from you know just the bringing up uh, we used to spend a lot of time watching movies together so like i think from the early 70s my mother and me have seen every possible hindi movie that is released in bombay um definitely the two of us maybe the rest of the family um so yeah i mean they've been they're like very i mean when you say what kind of influences is like you know i always tell people that from my mother i've learned the the value of hard work she's a big believer in hard work i mean you know being a karm yogi in that sense and from my father he was actually more of a happy go lucky man and you know less stressed out about uh, you know achievement but he did have a theory that if you are doing something you might as well try to be the best at it so i think that kind of combination of beyond that no wonderful parents very little pressure no real no sort of strain or stress to you know definitely not tiger mom or tiger dad so you know very nice very happy So where do you live now? I mean you still live in Bandra? Or? I well I moved around a bit so we were in Bandra till about 1982 uh, then my parents went to Chennai and then I followed them to Chennai um I did my hotel management in Chennai then we were there for a couple of years I came back to Bombay then I went back to Chennai uh, then we came back to Bombay now I'm back in Bandra so I've been in Bandra now the last I think 15 years and what what's the the bandra then and the bandra today if you had to say what what's the major difference well apart from the fact that they are digging up all the roads to lay the new cables and pipes <laughs> i think bandra stayed frozen in time so there are a few new buildings here and there so sometimes when you're passing by my old school and you know sort of lose sense of direction and then you realize that oh where that little kirana store was is now a building but in many ways bandra has sort of stayed in the same sort of you know space obviously a little more crowded but a lot of the by lanes and the smaller roads um you know in solset colony and places like that are really really in bandra and during christmas time in fact if you go walking around in bandra it's quite a pretty you know it's still the queen of the suburbs so very yeah, nice. I, i agree in fact uh, we had my brother in law and his wife from the us and we did a walking trip in bandra during christmas and uh, it's really pretty and people who haven't done it must do it uh I want to ask you I mean you went to you did your hotel management that's what you said uh and how did that happen I mean and you did you then work in a hotel or something I mean did you pursue that or? well actually hotel management itself happened in a bit of a you know in a not in a really planned way I was actually studying from my childhood I always wanted to be a scientist um and the hope was that I'd become some sort of an astrophysicist that's what I wanted to do um and so i was uh, you know studying towards that i finished my 12th from wilson and i was trying to get into iit which i couldn't uh, then i joined xavier's to do bsc in physics um and then continue to apply for iit but i think in that period sort of something changed and uh, you know i sort of you know moved away from this whole science and the scientific approach to life and you know i i guess you know i grew up I was 18 years old at the time. I went from five foot to six foot. Um, you know, I got contact lens. I got a girlfriend. You know, things like that. Um, I started playing TT, and I play very good TT ever since. So I think something changed in my life. So finally, what happened was that I didn't want to complete my BSc, and my parents, obviously, my mother especially, was quite horrified. So you know, I had to study. So when I went to Chennai, the plan became that you got to do something. so i decided to give the hotel management entrance exam which was the first year of this you know joint entrance exam and i did quite well i stood all india number 2 and uh, then i got admission i joined chennai and i started studying there so i finished the course but i never really joined the hotels yeah and then and what did you do i mean you started your career i mean uh, where did what did you start how did you start your so working 
I suppose many things. You know, in the 80s, before I got into hotel management, the big desire was to get into advertising. My brother-in-law, um, at the time, used to work in Trikaya, and then from there he went to Lintas. So that's my sort of experience of a you know a young working person whom you look up to. Um, so the big thing was that you know we are creative people. We ought to be in advertising. Uh, films, TV were very, very far away from my head. It was really advertising. Um, so after I did hotel management, my first port of call was of course to try and get into advertising, but I couldn't make it because I was obviously wrongly educated. Um, I didn't join the hotel. I got to the Leela for a job, but then you know I didn't wait long enough for the interview, so I left, and so that didn't happen. Um, so then I spent some time. You know, I spent the first three or four months doing something on my own. So I used to you know run a catering service on my own in Bombay with a couple of friends. Um, where we used to make, you know, uh, sort of, you know, do gourmet dinners. You know, really, a real precursor to the to the ultra premium, you know, a dining experience. Um, and then after they left, I continued to do that for some time on my own. I used to make chicken rolls and burgers and all that kind of stuff. But that was really not something that it, it wasn't going to go anywhere. Um, so that's when I joined the Yellow Pages. I got an opportunity to go and join the Yellow Pages in Bombay. It had just launched. This was the UDI Yellow Pages, not the Tata, the Tata Yellow Pages. And yeah, uh, yeah I mean, then I started. I became a salesman essentially. So my first job in the media business was to be a salesman. And we used to do door-to-door sales in Bombay City, um, trying to go to people and get them to list themselves in the in the Yellow Pages directory. Um, you know, and uh, yeah, it was it was great. Anil Kapoor, that is Billy Kapoor, who yeah. you know, became the boss of. He was my first boss technically. In he was the CEO of UDI Yellow Pages. So and Ambi Parmeshwaran, he was the other senior person in the company at the time. Wow, I mean, uh, I did not I did not know that part of it, and I knew that you worked in Yellow Pages. But what I didn't know about you, Samir, and that's that's the beauty. You know, having known you for two decades, I didn't know you were such a great cook. Well, I'm not such a great cook. I enjoy food. I did learn how to cook, obviously, because we went through the course and did that. Um, so I enjoy cooking. But honestly, I must admit that over the years, I've I'm not really, you know, I'm not practiced. I don't do it often enough. And but I do enjoy. I enjoy food, so I don't mind eating as much of it as can be made. <laughs> You're listening to a Sojcast original. After this, browse our lineup on the Sochcast app. Maybe another Soch will capture your imagination there. Now let's get back to this Sochcast. Do you believe in destiny? The reason I ask you this is, you said you went to Leela for an interview, and you didn't wait long enough, and but that didn't happen. Had it happened, do you think your life's journey would have been something different? I think so. You know, I studied. I did hotel management uh, to essentially be in the hotel management business. I have a lot of friends from my college there. They are still in touch with us. We are all still very good friends. Um, I am one of you no know, one of the few who didn't get into the business. Um, when I went to the Leela for that job, actually, I was you know well recommended, and I think at some level we knew we knew the Nairs. Um, so it was supposed to be a sort of an open and shut kind of thing. If it hadn't been for my you know sort of you know childish impatience and petulance um i should have waited there and i would have got the job and i'm sure i would have done a good job at it because i was qualified for it and you know i would have been a management trainee and you know life would have gone on from there and everyone whom i knew at that time from my college was doing exactly the same thing so there was no reason that i would want to do anything different um so which is why later in life when you know when we were in star and you know the masterpiece office was right next to the leela and the leela became our watering hole i have always <laughs> had the fondest sort of you know i have been always very fond of the leela because you know i almost worked there and that would have been my career then and uh, reminding me reminding me of the watering hole at star i i have there are great stories i'm sure you will recall many of them <laughs> <laughs> You know, especially when we used to wait for uh, going to the airport to take the late night flights to Hong Kong. Exactly, and then that used to be the parking, the pit spot, pit stop before you go there. So, yeah. So, 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 tell me about uh, you worked for Yellow Pages, and what did you do after that? So, I finished with the Yellow Pages, and I was there for two years. I did lots of things in Yellow Pages. I obviously did first the street sales in Bombay. Uh, then I got promoted, and I was managing what was called national accounts. Which is the bigger, you know, like companies like Levers and UB Group and things like that. 
um then there was a little change in management i even got transferred for a bit to gujarat so i spent about 6 or 8 months managing the gujarat market so i used to go to anand then rajkot then amdavad and baroda and you know same thing and continuing the same thing it was around that time that i wanted to go to chennai because there was this plan of me getting married um you know i was very young i got married for uh, my first marriage i got married at age 25 um so i wanted to get to chennai at that time and i also wanted to get into advertising and i wasn't being able to make a break into advertising in bombay so i had applied for a job to this company in chennai called goldwire i didn't know very much about it but they just gave me a call and said that okay you can you know come and join us so i went and met um uh, this person obri sequera um who actually asked me whether i knew anything about programming and at the time i thought he meant computer programming of which i knew nothing about but i said yeah sure of course i do so i got the job and only when i joined the company i realized he was referring to television program um but in any case you know i had joined and then i was in there and uh, i sort of you know inherited the films department and uh, at that time what goldwai used to do was do a lot of programming on doordarshan so there used to be the lead agency for mrf and uh, we used to do a lot of stuff on doordarshan for mrf so i sort of got into that um so like for example we did the film fair awards um in south india and in bombay uh we used to do you know there used to be an mtv countdown show we did on doordarshan we did street hawk uh night rider glow friends my little pony you know i mean all sorts of crazy things i did the grammy award we did a we used to buy the rights and then edit it and put it on doordarshan so this i'm talking about uh, 89 90 91 you know that yeah. period and apart from that doing uh, advertising commercials for mrf doing corporate films for mrf so i mean it was a pretty uh, fantastic i learned everything that i know about this business everything that i've learned creatively i've learned from obri square um you know i cut my teeth there i became a producer a director um an account executive a film executive um, you know i learned how to write i learned how to you know sort of do this stuff and i also found my sort of in a sense i found my vocation So it took me some time to get there, but I did eventually. And uh, post Goldwire, what did you do? So then, post I was in Goldwire for I think about three and a half years. Uh, then there was you know that sort of you know the general impatience of moving around and moving on. So I turned uh, independent. Um, I started a an ad film company as people like me would do at the time because uh, you know that's the thing to do. So I did some quite a lot of work in Chennai at that time. So I did a couple of commercials for. um fun school and for no velvet shampoo and then i shot a sheeperam perambudur uh, motor races with a belgian crew so i did that kind of you know different work it was around that time that i got a call from a friend of mine our friend actually you know her as well sunita rajan so yeah. sunita rajan used to be our neighbor in bandra when i was growing up so she is actually my sister's classmate in that sense so i was always the kid brother and this was his elder sister So now many years later she called me to say that she was working in BBC in Hong Kong and that she was moving to Star TV which is this new network that's going to come to India and you know that you should definitely try and you know join and this might be the future and all of that. So I applied to I sent her a couple of resumes to Star TV and I was hopeful at that time of getting a job in Star Sports as a promo producer. So I thought if I could land that, that would be perfect because I come from MRF, uh, you know, Goldwire. It's I have a lot of sports background because we used to do a lot of sports programming for MRF, and I've cut lots of sports commercials. So you know, it's like my uh, strong suit. But I never got any reply from Star Sports. I never got a reply from Star Plus. Instead, I got a reply from Star Movies, uh, from Tony Watts, who said that you know I got a fax back saying that would you like to be a researcher writer for Star Movies. um so i of course agreed to come to bombay and meet him and then i told him that listen i am a pretty qualified guy so researcher writer seems a bit sad so we settled on producer director so i joined star movies in 94 august as producer director star movies yeah i mean good old days i mean i have fond memories i mean when you said star sport tony watts where is tony watts now are you in touch with him yes i am in touch with him as not as much as i'd like to be but yes i am in yeah. touch with him And in fact, Sumo, our friend Sumo, posted a picture of you know all of us at his farewell at Star, which we had done a couple of years back. So yeah. the line that Sumo has written was that you know this is the in the dream team that revolutionized TV <laughs> in India and all that. So Tony Watts comment on that is that don't forget the Goras who hired you all in the first place. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, I mean, uh, true. All, all the people at that time. I mean, some of them are all my Facebook friends, but uh, right. some are not great. And uh, so yeah, so that was Star TV. I remember, uh, even though we didn't have that much of interaction at that time, I was based in Delhi. You are based in Mumbai, and uh, then tell me your. journey within star i mean i know but i i think uh, our viewers would like to know your journey within star well actually i joined star movies to produce really what is called interstitial programming so which is you know we used to do a lot of um, interviews uh, with actors and directors and producers uh, of hindi movies of course primarily and then later even some south indian films and used to make them into 10 or 15 minute programs and play them on star movies in between the movies as breaks um so we did a lot i mean and we used to do all of this programming in english language um so i had a you know a pretty uh, exciting time because we did uh, numerous i mean i got to know you know the entire industry at that period so later in life when i came in contact with them again most people i already know um because i have you know mostly gone on some of their film shoots and shot with them and done interviews with them so like i've you no know, shot with sharuk and amit ji and I mean everybody, Anil Kapoor and you know Madhuri Dixit, so many people and different different movies, you know all kinds of uh, crazy movies and stuff. Then we produced a lot of shows. So we used to do a show with UTV at that time called Bol Bollywood. Uh, we did a show from Chennai called Deccan Dream. Uh, we did something called This Week that year. So there was a lot of that stuff. And we also used to do premieres of movies of Hindi movies. We used to do a big promotion around it. For you know, around the movie on Star Movies, and create a lot of promos and competitions and all of that. So I've done Barsat, which launched Bobby and uh, Twinkle. Um, we've done Ritu Datra, which was Amit Ji's comeback movie in '97. Um, so yeah, I mean, it was all that kind of frantic activity for about you know, three and a half, four years, till Mr. Basu joined, right? Um, and I think Mr. Basu arrived in October '96. That then sort of you know changed. With the dynamic in Star and took it in a different direction, uh, but up until then it was a quite a you know exciting exciting time. We produced a lot of content uh, around the movie industry, and uh, yeah, it was fun. So, when did your switch happen to Star Plus? I mean, that's that was your next progression, right? When you yeah. took over as content head for Star Plus. I suppose that progression took like two three years because that was what we call you know the. the mr basu interim so after he arrived then it sort of you know we had to rearrange our lives i think you as well and uh, then he arrived and he brought a whole team from doordarshan so i was sort of star movies went you know into that system and i used to report to mrs bhalla and um, so the first 6 8 months was really treading water and trying to you know find my feet in this new world uh, then mr basu you know agreed to commission a show which we did produced called the bhaskar ghosh show Uh, on star movie so that was a pretty good thing to do and then gradually i took a couple of steps first thing i did was i took over promos and presentation for star plus um so that was the first step uh then from there i took over acquisitions of hindi movies for star plus and then finally by 99 when there was a big change occurring and then you know all of a sudden uh, mr basu and his team you know sort of left the company uh, that's when you know peter became ceo and i became head of programming of star plus So I mean, from '96 to '99, it took that three years of sort of you know navigating uh, my way through this, you know, through this whole star dynamic and the new management and old management and you know Hong Kong and India and Delhi and all of that. You're listening to a Sojcast original. Original. After this, browse our lineup on the Sojcast app. Maybe another Soj will capture your imagination there. Now let's get back to this Sojcast. And and what are your fond fondest memories of those days? Well, you know, it is. I mean, I have fun was that you know we used to always have this thing that before Mr. Basu came, after Mr. Basu came, you know, we used to often say that you know how Mangrezo came, Zawani came manager. So you now we were the ones that were there while we were still run by you know the Goras in Hong Kong. Then after Mr. Basu came, he truly sort of Indianized the company, so it became a you know a company that was run out of India, and it always stayed. After that, like that, um, and I mean, there are amazing memories. One is, of course, all the work that I've done. Like I've had an opportunity to interview A. R. Rahman, Prabhu Deva, Amitabh Bachchan. So they were like great fun times to do all these crazy things. Um, the colleagues at the time, the people you used to work with, you know, um, there was Peter, whom Peter was the first person that I met when I came to Star, 
and it was one of the first piece of advice he gave me at that time was because you know we used to never have any clear reporting and it was all pretty much wild west kind of uh, you know operation so he told me that you know like so you, you know spend first and account later so if you get it right then there's never going to be a problem and if you get it wrong then well you know it takes three strikes to get fired so i mean you know those kind of things you know really emboldened me to you know sort of get out there and get things done um and then gradually you know all the different people the whole hong kong gang um there was tony watts there was steve askew there was a whole bunch of people you know and then i think i i met you i think later around 98 99 yeah 99 98 99 yeah. yeah of course we had some great time too i mean uh, yeah we did a lot of things together and uh, it was great yeah. fun and uh, then you went on to uh, peter left and you went on to also take on as uh, the head of star tv right well actually peter left uh, what happened after that after mr basu left is that uh, you know then we sort of you know, settled down to make star into this hindi channel it started out being if you remember in those days you know star plus used to be half hindi and half english yeah yeah um, because of our uh, you know 50 50 yeah Yeah. So I mean, so for the first uh, eight nine months of being programming head, that's what the you know that's how we used to run it. Um, and then in 2000, there was a change, and then you know we we bought out Z, and or Z bought us out either way. And uh, then you know we were okay to go and become a full Hindi channel. So that's when the big change happened actually for us and for Star and for everything because that's the year we did KVC um, in July and Kyoki and Kahani, the two daily soaps from Ekta. and uh, sort of after that you know star plus sort of rocketed and we went from like number 3 to number 1 overnight yeah. and then pretty I much for the next 7 8 years yeah i i i remember and i quit i quit in 2001 i mean if i'm correct 2001 and uh, you had a great run after that why did you leave you know I, well you know honestly um i we'd been there now for what 12 13 years Uh, it had been a long time and by that time around 2006 2007 2006 really um it had become a pretty uh, sort of you know complicated environment in star um between hong kong and india and there was a lot i mean i guess it had become extremely you know top heavy um especially in hong kong with uh, you know large numbers of people and you know teams and interfere and we were doing well in india i mean so we were like at that time i think some 600 or 700 grps and all of that was going on but there was a lot of you know push pull strain and there was no sort of there was no sort of real plan coming out um i guess in hindsight uh the very fact that we left um you know triggered the change to happen because you know because we left then you know it made everyone sort of take notice that there was obviously something wrong and which is why such a you know so much of you know angst and unhappiness was there and in a way that sort of helped out because in a year after we had left um you no know, hong kong was pretty much disbanded dismantled uh, reporting lines changed for india it became directly to you know london and new york um you know this whole regional thing was ended so i mean things only improved for star but uh, it was just one of those things i think at some level again you know when you spoke about destiny earlier is that uh, you know it was something i guess that had to happen and uh, so when it happened it happened you know so samir after that after star you set up uh, ndtv NDT. i actually i met with pranoy i had met with uh, john alone if you remember our yeah. colleague john alone so i met with john alone at steve askew's wedding and we got talking there and he said you know and he said you know why don't we do something why don't you come and talk to us and i said that sure you know let's do that so then i met pranoy and narayan and uh, adhika later and so then this plan came up that you know let's try and you know do something together that time the market was booming everyone was excited you know everyone wanted to get into the entertainment business all the media companies wanted to you know it was a period of you no know, great uh, excitement and expansion and all of that so it was in that context that you know we signed up with um in ndtv and decided to launch a gc called ndtv imagine so we spent most of 2007 working on it and we launched early 2008 So I think in January 2008 we had launched a couple of months before that 9xm had launched 9x yeah uh, Rani had launched that and then about 6 8 months later colors launched in yeah. July so it all um, came it all came I mean this was that period where, you know new things were happening and stuff was going on and all of that 
so i mean that was a great i mean i really enjoyed that it was a great experience and we you know got it all organized had a good team and you know able to lost channel and then got off to a great start and then what happened the following year is i mean two three things happened so again in hindsight you know it all makes sense but at the time i guess we were just sort of living and you know dealing with what was happening so we launched in jan and the first ipl happened in april um then in july colors happened and by september the world had fallen apart because of the lehman brother cash so 2008 was quite a freaked out year in that sense and then you know because of that in the recession the money became tight um so 2009 was a complicated year um and in 10 we did the deal with uh, turner group um so ntv sold its stake to turner group and uh, sort of exited the business and then i continued with the turner group for a year more after which i had left so but that those four years were like you know amazing years in my life because you know while i've been in star and i was in goldwire and yellow pages and all of that and they were small companies so in a sense i've always been with startups but this was a genuine startup because you know it was from ground up and i was responsible for everything as compared to having a whole bunch of other people to you know sort of share that responsibility so it was good it was a great learning experience you know for me it ended in a failure but it was an amazing amazing learning experience you know i learned a lot i understood a lot i got to know myself better um and um, yeah and i had a great team actually it was a fantastic team more anyway most of this stuff is not possible without teams So, you know, so everything we did in Star, everything we did in Imagine is all, you know, amazing colleagues, amazing friends, amazing partners we work with. I wouldn't call it a failure. I mean, setbacks are there. It's, uh, I wouldn't uh, ever call it a failure because, you know, I mean, like you said, the environment, a whole lot of things happen at the same time. So then, then post that, you what? What did you do? So I took a break then. Actually, after I left Imagine, then I said that you know, like I should sort of, sort of figure out. what i should do so it became again a sort of a you know quite a a lucky break in that sense because i i was doing some stuff on my own so like i was like i partnered with who i work with today deepak segal so deepak segal and me sort of said oh let's make some creative do some creative stuff so we set up a studio to make some series uh, in the hope that we could make you know sort of premium television series at that time this is 2012 um you know i started a comedy uh, a short form comedy business with uh, you know two friends of mine uh, Suresh Menon and Ape Thomas um i joined the aap i didn't join the aap but i got associated with the aap at that time that was a very chancy thing i happened to be in delhi they tried to meet my wife instead they met me and i got drawn into making some commercials for the aap and in that context you know i got to sort of hang out with them and you know, work with them very closely for about a year and a half so that was another amazing learning experience because i had I mean, all our life, you know, we are all armchair politicians, you know, and armchair activists. So we talk a lot about this stuff. But when I came in contact with the team of AAP in Bombay and Delhi, it, you know, I truly realized that you know, politics and you know what you say, desh ki seva is a lot of hard work. You know, it's not, it's not easy stuff. So, but it was amazing because I got to meet a lot of different people, a lot of different motivations, and you know how how they rally and energize. uh you know large numbers of people into causes and into you know into getting things done so that was great and you know meeting people like you know Arvind Kejriwal and Anjali Damani and Mayank Gandhi and people like that pretty impressive i mean i had never met people like that in my life before so um so i was doing all of that and around that time um you know i got a call from Shobha ji um saying that you know that Balaji at that time was looking to sort of you know revamp itself and you know make a move for the future and that you know would I could I join the advisory board so I said okay so I did that and then from that one thing led to the other and I joined Balaji in 2014 July 2014 yeah and so post Balaji is when applause happened right yeah I was in Balaji for three years uh, we had a good time you know I I know Ekta and Shobhaji and Jituji very well. I mean, I've known them since '99, so to that extent, it was like you know, it was like family. Um, no, wonderful company, wonderful people, um, very exciting sort of you know environment. Um, plus, you know, Ekta has always wanted to have her own channel, so we decided you know that instead of you know, launching a GC, um, it would be more appropriate to launch a streaming platform. Um, so that is what all Balaji was all about, and uh, we built that from scratch. and again you know hired a team built a team around that thought so there was sunil nayar nachiket um many people nimisha pande 
and all of these people then we came together and built this team and um, yeah so we launched all balaji made a few movies did a continue doing the core tv business and uh, but it was a three year sort of you know contract that was the plan and i had been thinking about this so what what became applause finally in 2017 was something that i was wanting to do in 99 so in 99 if this sort of change had not happened and you know if mr basu and his team had not left um i would have most probably left star at that time and i was like really keen on setting up a uh what i called an entertainment studio which would you know work with the you know in an ecosystem of creative people and you know and sort of work and create content make series make movies you know do all kinds of things and essentially you know build that studio uh, it was more modeled on what spielberg and you know, had done in the us called amblin so i mean i have always been desirous of you know having my own amblin uh but then that never happened in 99 because you know mr basu and team left i got promoted and then life went in a different direction so finally in 2017 applause was exactly that same idea what what i wanted to do before and so that's what we set out to do you know i had a fortunate meeting with mr birla and um, he sort of you know him and me sort of you know shared the same vision and he was he's been an amazing patron and an amazing supporter so you know because of him this is all possible and uh, we've had a good run again you know it was starting from scratch you know we started from a regis business center and I called my old old confidant and friend Deepak Sagar, and then we built it from there. You know, a couple of really initial hires. Uh, Gwen, of course, has always been with me. Prasoon, Mansi, you know, people like that. And then we built up a team. You're listening to a Sojcast original. Original. After this, browse our lineup on the Sojcast app. Maybe another Soj will capture your imagination there. Now let's get back to this Sojcast. Does Applause have plans of making feature films? I mean, full-fledged theatrical movies. Yes, of course, definitely. I mean, in fact, we have just uh, we just announced our first film. We are doing a a biopic on this uh, you know this extremely uh, gallant uh, character, uh, Major Mohit Sharma. who infiltrated into the hisbul and then lived with them and then proceeded to kill a whole bunch of terrorists um lost his life in the bargain so he died a martyr but so extremely you know inspirational story um so that is a film that we just announced we're doing a whole bunch of other films as well um so we had a good run with the series business of creating this cinematic television um now of course you know making a lot more movie getting into the movie business getting into documentaries uh trying to do something very interesting in the animation space So yeah I mean that's the plan the plan is to build a plaz as a content studio uh, that does all kinds of content not limited by either genre or geography or language so I mean you know it's a sort of an open open brief and an open canvas and uh, yeah and we work with all kind we have this hub and spoke model where we are a real core creative commercial and monetization team and uh, we work with production partners of all kinds so we work with bbc and endemol and vanije and you know goldie bell and nikhil advani everybody so it's it's very exciting and uh, your model with platforms that you work with whether it's amazon and all do you get to keep the ip yeah we do actually what we do is that since we are investing money into development and then actually into the production of it uh, so what we are showing platforms is finished tape um so that's a risk we take because you know obviously then if you go ahead and make a series and then if it nobody likes it and nobody wants it then that's you know that's problematic um but i think in that sense we are also you know sort of fine tuning our approach we are learning what to do and how to do it better uh, plus there's you know this whole market is just booming you know there are so many platforms and there's so much demand for content and good content um that uh, you know we are we are in a we are in a in a fortunate space We had a great last year. We released eleven shows in 2020. Um, you know, one a month almost, and through the pandemic, so that was really good. And it's been a good, it's been a good run. We've learned a lot, obviously, because you know we have this distinct advantage of being able to work with so many different creative people. You know, so like typically, what happens is you work with two or three. I've worked with I think now about sixteen or eighteen different directors. You know. um and they all come with their own sort of you know understanding of the medium understanding of storytelling um and there's so much to learn so i think um you know me and my team are having a wonderful time just soaking it all in as you know how different people approach things 
we work with different writers different different kinds of technicians actors and of course platforms platforms each platform has you know a different world view to what the market is like you know they have different analytics different understanding so and i think this market can only grow i think this market is going to grow like 10x 20x in the next 5 years so yeah i mean it's good it's good fun yeah so during the lockdown obviously there was a boom i mean there was a consumption of content went up i mean have you seen any uh, what's it been post the lockdown i mean has there been a change have you, are you seeing any change but actually the i mean the the main boom in the lockdown was when there was a complete lockdown there was obviously a real spike in consumption because you know what's going to happen if you lock up a billion people in their homes then the only thing they can look at is the screen on their hand or on the wall um but you know once this sort of has been easing out i think a lot of the habits have been formed they say to form a habit it takes 21 days we were not locked down for almost 180 days you know so that's like a habit six times over or more so in that sense i think a large number of people have become you know sort of introduced to the whole streaming business to the platforms um families you know older people have been sort of introduced to the platform by their by their grandchildren or children and uh, you know different people have become sort of aware of the kind of content and the kind of ease of viewing that you know streaming offers as compared to tv which is you know if you miss it it's gone kind of thing so i think that's been a it's been a really it's been a big deal and i don't think that's anything has come down now hopefully once the you know things return to some normalcy theaters reopen and you know people start moving around again but i think for large part the streaming world is here to stay now so I, I I agree with you on this. I'm I'm sure uh, content consumption will only go up, and uh, more and more and more people will start demanding better and better content. But my question to you is now with this whole controversy on uh, regulation, especially you've seen what happened with Thunder, right? Mm. Uh, where do you see this? How do you see this impacting uh, the quality of content or the creative freedom, as one would say? honestly you know i think that when you talk about quality of content i think the quality of content can only improve right uh, because see there's always been censorship or regulation of some kind in our life right this is nothing new i mean this has been there in the 70s it was there in the 80s it was there in the 90s it's always been there um tv does a form of self regulation films have cbfc um you know obviously it's much harder to you know technically censor things on the internet but by and large there are you know so i think what we try and follow as a studio is to try and you know follow three or four sort of important rules one is that you know at the end of the day we are to use an old television trope we are invited guests in people's homes right um so there is a certain degree of sensitivity and you know dignity with which we should conduct ourselves that's one two is that uh, you know i mean there will be all kinds of messages to be told and you know i may be of a certain sort of leaning or thinking and somebody else may be of another leaning or thinking i don't think either of us is right or either of us is wrong so i mean you know there will obviously be different sort of points of view um and finally it's about you know how you tell the story and how you sort of get all these different things you know across um so i mean i don't know we are we are doing a lot of shows we are telling a lot of stories these kind of incidents will happen you know once in a way you know there will be a sort of you know you know we were red red drag to a bull and you know stuff happens but by and large it's also about being the deaf matador and not getting gored so you know it's it's all about storytelling and i think that also what we need to do and i think this will help doing it is to elevate the the absolute quality of storytelling you know that being able to get these messages across in a manner that is not just you know in your face and not provocative no not silly for the sake of being silly kind of thing you know like what they used to say in the old days right that the reason why there is so much sex in this movie is because the script demanded it remember that yeah that's yeah the film yeah. industry yeah. talk right the script demands it so i think that's the thing that you know it's got to be it's got to be done in that manner no but there have been movies where political messaging has been done without it being in your face you know Uh, exactly and yeah. nothing happens and they these things get done we have done stuff like that so many people have done that and it always happens i mean if you remember in the 70s there was a movie called andhi uh, and that movie it had sanjeev kumar and uh, suchitra sen and it got banned it got banned by vc shukla at the time for being you know sort of you know it was very very politically motivated and all of that 
uh, then shortly after that, I think the emergency happened, and then I think post-emergency it released as a theatre. I've seen the movie. I've seen it on Doordarshan seven, eight years ago. Samir, we all will. I am sure the whole. We don't have a choice. The industry will follow the laws of the land and work within the framework. But my question to you is, what is your personal view on regulation, especially when it comes to silly things like, you know, well, any taking offense to anything. Well, you know what? Honestly, everywhere in the world, there is some kind of regulation. So even if you go to the US, there is regulation of some kind. I mean, they have some sort of, you know, acceptable. It's obviously a more mature democracy and they have over the last 250 years of their democracy learned to laugh at themselves a lot more. Um, you know, we are in that sense, you know, what, 75 years and you know, sort of getting up from there. Um, Indians are notoriously not, uh, you know, not people who can, who are self-deprecating and who can laugh at themselves. They're not very easily offended and, you know, it's just a cultural thing with us. Um, and especially older people. Older people are very, very easily offended, you know. So, but it's a thing. It's, it's part, I mean, even if you look at us from the 70s to now, look at the amount of progress we've made in content and storytelling. In the 70s, you know, when the hero and the heroine had to kiss, it used to cut to two flowers that would touch each other, right? Um, we've, we've moved along from there. We've moved along from, you know, very, very prosaic action to, you know, pretty dramatic action, um, you know, storylines, all of that kind of stuff. In the old days, there used to be always that, you know, that uh, revenge and murder stories. It's moved along. We've done it. And we've been doing intelligent stuff from then. In the 70s, the whole parallel cinema movement was, in a sense, uh, things that were, you know, sort of, you know, disruptive and disturbing and, you know, trying to push you to see what, what, what social evils exist. Um, so I don't think we have ever stopped. I don't think the creative business ever stops. Um, I don't think regulation ever stops it. I think all it does is that it encourages you to do it better, to do it smarter, to do it to, again, I, at the risk of repeating the word, we have to elevate the quality of our storytelling. Great. I mean, I think uh, you said it all. Uh, so let me just switch gears and come back to Samir. So what do you do, Samir? What, how do you de-stress yourself? What do you do? I, I don't get stressed actually too much. So, but uh, de-stress, I do, I do different things. I go to the farm. So that's like a big deal for me. Um, I read a lot. I watch a lot of television, a lot of series, movies, all of that kind of stuff. Um, what else do I do? I, I play table tennis. Most recently, I started doing that again. So I found a good partner in my neighbor. So we play quite a lot, but now he's shooting, so not available. Um, yeah, and then I work. Actually, I enjoy working. I enjoy doing what I'm doing of, you know, telling stories and making plans of how to tell, you know, better, brighter stories. So I find that itself a big de-stressing thing for me to tell a new story. So, yeah, I mean, apart from that, what? Go out and have a nice meal. Um, you know, be generally grateful. You know, it's good fun. Yeah, be grateful. Be grateful. Very important. You're listening to a Sojcast original. original. After this, browse our lineup on the Sojcast app. Maybe another Soj will capture your imagination there. Now let's get back to this Sojcast. Where do you see? I mean, if you had to stargaze, you know, if you had to just say 2021, 22. What, where do you see, what do you see, what are the major changes that you see? Well, the, I think uh, while there is going to be a lot of change, um, I think it's going to be a lot of more of the same um, in that sense. You know that, I mean, everyone is expecting that somehow in a post-pandemic period is going to be some bright new world. And I don't subscribe to that theory at all. Because, you know, you can already see that you're still not out of the pandemic and things have returned to normal in that you know, sort of same Cavalier way that we are so famous for. So, I think, you know, some things will change. Obviously, there's been a lot of hardship in this period. A lot of businesses and companies and people have gone under. Um, that's difficult. It's not easy at all. But that said, in all that said, um, I think the media business will sort of rebound in a manner. Many things have changed. Yes. So, you know, like advertising revenues have got a hit. Um, you know, TV is going through a little bit of a phase in its life. But... In the final analysis, there are consumers, there is content, and consumers are always going to need content. Um, it will be a question of moving from one screen to the other or from one sort of outlet to another. Um, and, um, you know, and there's always a new generational change. You know, it's like now there's this, in recent times, there's this big excitement about all the series have thrown up all these new stars. And so, therefore, does this mean the end of superstardom? 
I mean, that's you know, that's that's very fanciful talk. You know, there's nothing like that. It's you know, it's always good content and bad content. It's really you know, big star and small star. So, so I think a lot of it will stay the same. But the one important thing that will happen is that the streaming business and this whole internet connectivity and being online has been a game changer in 2020. And I think a lot of this habit will stay. Like I don't think we'll do as much business travel because we don't need to. We are already used to doing you know, conversations like this. And I think these kind of things will stay. Um, I think, uh, you know, a lot more content consumption will happen in this manner. A lot of work now gets done online, you know, as in a lot of meetings, a lot of, you know, narrations, discussions, all of that. So I think technology in the coming years is going to become more and more, well, invasive, if you wish, in our life. And in many, many millions of ways, you know, millions of ways. I mean, we are at the tip of a technological revolution in our lives. And in the next 10, 15, 20 years, it's going to become incredible. So, yeah, I mean, we have to just be geared up for that. It was wonderful talking to you, Samir. I mean, uh, very interesting, very inspiring journey from selling the Yellow Pages to heading uh, one of India's largest television network to uh, running a, uh, joining a production company to now setting up probably uh, India's uh, first of its kind uh, content studio, whatever you want to call it. Uh, it's been a very inspiring journey and uh, I like watching because I love animals. I keep uh, <laughs> stalking you every time you go to your farm with the cows <laughs> and the dogs and uh, things like that. So thank you very much. And uh, it was wonderful, wonderful listening to you. Uh, and uh, anything you would like to, anything, any message that you would like to convey? No, not really. I mean, you know, I think just as people, you know, we are privileged, you and me, to be doing this show. Um, you know, me to be able to come and talk to you about all of this. And I think a lot of us who are in this position of, you know, having some degree of privilege, some degree of, you know, peace and calm. Um, I think the important thing is for us to try and, you know, uh, spread the good fortune um, in, in whatever way we can. So, I mean, there's no sort of fixed way of doing it, but in every little way, if we can sort of you know share the good fortune, it's it's a good thing to do. Um, so I tell you know I am always trying to tell you know everyone we speak to about that that you know that there's a lot of there's a lot of angst and suffering out there. So whatever we can do to alleviate that would be a good thing to do, and to sort of you know look around, look beyond. You know we we tend to live in our little echo chambers, um, whether right or left, but we are in our echo chamber, and uh, it's important to sort of get out of that and see what's really going on, and. Um, you know, and sort of get involved, get involved. I think that's the key thing, you know, to get involved in, in a life beyond your own little life. Yeah, that's, I think it's a good, good, good thing that you said, you know, get out of your own well, get out of your own echo chamber and see what's out there and get involved, you know. I mean, you can't be sitting and, you know, commenting as an armchair critic. You need to be get, get involved if you really want to bring in a change. And uh, thank you, Samir, and I look forward to connecting with you soon. Thank you so much. Thank you. Bye. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening. I hope you enjoyed this Sochcast. What is your Soch? Send us your comments on our Facebook page and Instagram page. It's time for you to do your own Sochcast. At Sochcast, apni Soch dunia ko sunao. Sochcast.